Pints with Jack, Season 3, Episode 5. Happy New Year! <laughs> David's like, I don't know if I'm going to let that one stand. <laughs> we got to come with a New Year with that kind of excitement. I'm cutting all of this out. <laughs> Good morning, and welcome to Pints with Jack, a podcast where two enthusiastic C.S. Lewis amateurs get together, share a beverage, and discuss a work of C.S. Lewis. This season, we're reading Till We Have Faces, but today is going to be a special episode. My name is David, and I'm joined by Matt, the man, the myth, Bush. What, Matt, the man, the myth, the legend, is how that goes. No, no. I wouldn't call you a legend. <laughs> but I do like when you said a podcast where two enthusiastic C.S. Lewis amateurs, and I thought to myself, yeah, enthusiastic. Did you hear my Happy New Year? It was very enthusiastic. So tell us the source of that enthusiasm. What are you drinking today? Because <laughs> that's the source of my enthusiasm. <laughs> I'm depressed without that. No, I'm actually drinking. I don't open these frequently. And so this is a treat for the podcast, but I have these Notre Dame wines where every year they do a different thing and listeners can't see it, but I'm going to show David actually, where they put the Notre Dame label. This was for the 175th anniversary. And so it's a 2012 Sauvignon Blanc and it's made by Notre Dame alumni. And it's just delicious. It is really smooth. I thought I needed to sophisticate the palate a little bit further. (laughs) Scotch says rugged man, wine says refined man. Yeah, you could have said Matt, the refined, rugged man, Bush. No, that just doesn't seem right. Okay. I agree. I agree. It, sounded, <laughs> well, it sounded bad coming out of the mouth, too. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm drinking Black Velvet, which is a blended Canadian whiskey. I'm drinking out of one of my lovely Pints with Jack glasses. Uh, but I'm also drinking a Mexican Coke, because this past week I went and gave a talk in Imperial Valley, and they put together a little basket of border town goods. So there were lots of Mexican candies. And they also gave me a Mexican Coke. And that means I also get to use something else that some anonymous person sent me in the mail, which is a Thor's Hammer bottle opener. Anonymous person? Are you assuming it was a listener? I have no idea who it is. I went through the most likely candidates. Oh, wait. I had one of our listeners. Um, I don't know. He asked me for your address. A week ago, and mine. And you handed out my address. Okay. Well, oh, this is the one. This is uh, the one we signed the book for, Jeff from oh, New York. Okay. Yeah, trust me, All a right, trusted listener I've met in person. That's fine then. <laughs> I don't know if that's from him, I, but he asked for your address. As I watch David open it with the Thor hammer, I am worthy. What is Mexican Coke? It's like the normal Coca Cola that you would have, but it uses much better sugar. It tastes way better. I'm, I'm amazed you were in San Diego for so long and never had a, a Mexican Coke. I don't drink pop. Oh, you're missing out. This stuff's good. <laughs> I don't know. Other than if I have a Jack and Ginger, Ginger or Bacardi and Coke, I think those are probably the only two times I've ever in the last like five, ten years drink soda. Well, you're missing out on the sugar. Anyway, uh, give us a quote of the week and we all cheers. Yes. I have three. And so now I'm just going to pick one right three. on the spot. <clears throat> There are far, far better things ahead than any we leave behind. God allows us to experience the low points of life in order to teach us lessons that we could learn in no other way. So those are both from the Lewis Collected Letters. I chose them because I, was, I wanted, this is going to be a New Year episode, and we're going to reflect a bit on 2019, look forward to 2020. And I would imagine with our listeners, obviously I pray and hope just immense blessings on everyone. But I would imagine if you're like me, you've probably had low points in your 2019 and high points, and the low points taught you something. And I thought that was a good reminder. But then the beginning, that first quote, is also a reminder that there's far, far better things ahead as we keep chugging along on our spiritual journey, and we can keep that hope in front of us. So that was the intentionality behind them. You know he's referring to death there, right? The far, far better things ahead? Yeah. I mentioned it. I'm pretty sure in the previous episode, he's writing to a woman who thinks that she's going to be dying soon. And he says, has this world been such a friend to you that you should depart it with such regret? There are far, far better things ahead than any we leave behind. That still sounds hopeful to me. (laughs) Didn't St. Paul talk about longing for death, but yet staying on earth more or less? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's in chapter one of Philippians. See, see, listeners, this never gets old. I've got a good understanding of scripture, and then David just hones it in for me. (laughs) 
Are you ready to cheers? I am ready to cheers. I've been waiting for the last five minutes to take a sip. Well, you have another quotation here in the document. Oh, I, I wasn't sure if you'd be mad if I read three, so I did two. <laughs> You've read two. You've shown your indecision. You might as well read three. Okay. The third one was, again, because of the new year, a bit of a hopeful message. Relying on God has to begin all over again, every day as if nothing had yet been done. I like that because in my own personal journey, there are things I'm constantly working through. Even as we talk about spiritual resolutions, I constantly have, or sorry, New Year's resolutions, I constantly have spiritual resolutions. And there's, I want to become a better person, and it's usually every day that I have to re-offer up whatever I'm working on. Sometimes we think it's a simple prayer once, and it's done. It's not. <laughs> and if you finally stop talking, let's cheers. <laughs> cheers. Cheers. <laughs> Oh, that is good wine. That's got a bit of a kick to it. <laughs> have you ever seen, yeah, well, Canadian whiskey, I've not ever found a good one. Sorry for any Canadians out there. No, they're, they're up and coming now. Up and coming doesn't always mean good. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, we've had a Christmas show before here on Pints with Jack, but until today, we've never had a New Year's show. And our audio editor, Nick, is going to be spending this week with his family, but we wanted to make sure that we didn't have a break in the schedule. So Matt and I thought that we would record an informal New Year's episode and I would briefly return to my editing duties. <laughs> yeah, so while Nick gets a break, David and Matt do not take a break. Never quit. Never quit. Never give up. Never surrender. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if they can't tell already to the informal nature of it, they're already, they already can tell it's very not tight. Yeah, we're going to be babbling a lot in this one. Mm -hmm. And although this episode is going to be published on New Year's Eve, we're actually recording it a couple of days before Christmas. So, uh, Matt, have you finished your Christmas shopping yet? More or less. I've got my brother still and my brother-in-law. It's like the men I haven't gotten yet because it's, they don't care as much. But I've got the mother <laughs> covered, the sister, the dad. Smart. I've got the immediate. The, the, I have a, the priorities. Who's number one you've got to get and who's the last person? Like if you give your brother a gift a week after Christmas, he, he doesn't, doesn't care. care. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and in fact, he probably won't get me one. So It's like when you do the white elephant gift exchange and then you do a Yankee swap or whatever you want to call it where you steal things. In the past, what I've done before, when there's, say, been a, a $10 limit on the gift, what I've done is I've gone out and bought the cheapest card that I could find and then just taped the change into the card. Really? Yep, it always ends up being a very popular one. Huh. Because a lot of those gifts are just are garbage. And at least if you know you're going to get, you know, maybe six or seven bucks out of it, that's a win. That's a Chipotle burrito. Exactly. With no avocado. <laughs> what have you been up to this past week? Well, the big news, which was last night, was my brother got engaged. Congratulations, Matt's brother. Yes, congratulations to him. He's crushing me in life right now. <laughs> But no, uh, we've known her for so long. They've been best friends since 14 years old. Oh, my. Yes, high school sweethearts. If you think of Lewis and his chapter on friendship, it's, he talks about friends are when you say what you two, and they definitely have that what you two. I thought I was the only one. And then when you combine the opposite sex and attraction, it went to that next level. Yeah, Lewis says a couple, if they become friends, and they're unattached, unless they find each other repulsive, they will probably sooner or later get together. <laughs> I should steal that and, and say that during the best man speech. There you go. There you go. So clearly you guys don't find each other repulsive. <laughs> there could be a fun joke in that one. So that was a wonderful time. She has a very close extended family, and they were all in town. Because my brother, it was very important for him to have them be there right afterwards. So we were all waiting and then they walked into the restaurant, and we all went out to a karaoke night where Matt sang a bunch of songs. I sang Maroon 5, Girls Like You. <sighs> Had a good time. And you're going to get to be the best man? I don't know, actually. I just <laughs> just <assume>. presuming. <laughs> out of all of the men, I think I'm the best. Yeah. So yeah, that was wonderful. And then this past week, I also went to Chicago in just had really blessed conversations. You know, when you walk away, just filled up mm -hmm. from, a, from a really good present conversation. And so I went, and the, the first night I visited actually one of the Hallow guys, Alessandro. So we had dinner. For some of our listeners, I know we've talked about that. That's the Catholic meditation app, Hallow. 
H-A-L-L-O-W. And it was just wonderful to chat with them. What's been going on? They're just going gangbusters in his life. He's just a really deep person too. So we we got into some just good personal things. And then the next day I met with a Dominican from the Thomistic Institute. And we talked for a couple hours and he shared his journey. I shared my journey. I asked him, and listeners, you guys will get this from even the recent blog post I did. When we enter into communion with God, that's where we find that satisfaction that we're looking for, for that longing. We talk about that a lot. But there's no doubt that I still sometimes, even doing all of the things I do to enter into communion with God, feel loneliness. And it frustrates me because I think to myself, what more can I be doing? I'm, I'm, I really do believe I'm creating the silence of solitude and spending, on, if you add it up with the prayer life, like an hour and a half a day with God ends of these different routines. And they're not just, I mean, I'm really entering into them. And sometimes I still feel lonely. So he, he gave me a really beautiful story of his journey and what he found to be very helpful with that. So it was a really blessed conversation that I enjoyed. Nice. How about yourself, David? Well, I've continued to leave pints with Jack coasters all around San Diego. So <laughs> pretty much whenever I go into a coffee shop or a bar, I will usually take one out of my wallet and sneak it into the general collection. I love that. And I can now picture this because as I was at a conference with David, he is brilliant at shamelessly promoting pints with Jack in every interaction. <laughs> it's quite brilliant, actually. We would be talking with a famous Lewis scholar in Quickly in the conversation, David whipped out, oh, here, these are for you. <laughs> and it was great. I mean, it was, they loved it. I mean, I'm so glad he did that. He's better than me at that. Who doesn't love free stuff? Yeah. This past week, I listened to a really great episode from the Art of Manliness podcast. And it was all about longing, which was the theme that we touched on last week. And we will continue touching on for the rest of the book, I'm guessing. <laughs> yes. Uh, I'll, I'll make sure I put a link in the episode notes, but it was episode 570, uh, and it was called St. Augustine's Real World Spirituality for Restless Hearts. Would you say it was in line with Lewis, with what we talk about? Oh, absolutely. Oh, that's fantastic, because that's such the a... The guy clearly knows Augustine's writings very, very well, and he talks about this existential longing. Whoa, I have to listen to that. Dave and I were talking right before this, how I'm writing a talk on logging right now, and I'm on draft six. And every draft is essentially a new draft, because I just keep coming up with new ideas. And it is, I'm getting closer. But longing, this could be one of the most profound talks. That's what I think to myself, because I know every, nothing to do with me, do with the topic. I know every human being has this longing. Mm -hmm. And so if I can pull in Lewis Wright, if I can pull in Augustine Wright, there's a chance that people can listen to this and really be drawn up into something more. I could almost tap into that longing through the talk. And that's the, uh, that's the mindset I have. And so I'm trying to get it to a really good foundation, and then I'm going to bring David in. I've not brought him in yet to give me his thoughts on what he would do. I'm probably eight drafts away from that. <laughs> now, well, but I'll have to take a listen to this then. Yeah, it's really good. And actually, speaking of longing... I have been listening to the audiobook of Anne of Green Gables, and it's got Rachel McAdams. She was the girl in The Notebook, and she is, she's a wonderful voice actress. But I'd also forgotten how great Anne of Green Gables is. I was exposed to the books when I was a kid because my sister really loved them. But listening to them again with adult ears, and particularly after we've read Lewis and looked at this idea of longing, this is, this is Anne. She is all about the imagination and passion and, and longing for beauty, insisting on everything having a beautiful name to reflect its beautiful nature. What do you think, this is related, but it's going to sound like I'm switching subjects. I affirm what a beautiful comment that was, David. <laughs> Thank you for your affirmation. <laughs> I, I'm just thinking to myself as we're talking about this art of manliness, longing. Last season and the season before, everything, there's lots of different things we talked about, but theosis was probably the biggest thing that stood out. And at least that's what we, I made the biggest thing. Now it seems like longing. Mm -hmm. Do you think there's another one we're going to get from Lewis? Like a third or a fourth thing? I mean, these are big systematic frameworks that are really powerful to understand. I'm just curious if you can already off the top of your head think of a third or a fourth that could really emerge. Well, in some ways, I would say they're actually not that different. Oh, they're very related. Because the longing that we have is for theosis. Ah, true. When we experience some beauty, we want more of that beauty. When we experience some life, we want more of that life. When some truth, more truth. Some goodness, more goodness. 
and it's ultimately pointing us to the source of goodness and to commune with that goodness. And communing with that goodness is theosis. So I think they will all converge. But particularly once we've done this book and the four loves, I'm sure we'll talk about specifically love much more. Mm, that would actually make a lot of sense. I can already see that fitting in. We've been talking about longing for beauty, Christ forming within us, but longing for love as well. God is love. I could see that really unpacking itself. And theosis is participation in that love, being drawn into the life of the Trinity. Yes. That'd be, I, I can't wait as we work our way through this to essentially build a systematic theology through Lewis. I'm sure other smarter people will have done a better job. But no, I agree. I agree. Putting all of his thought together. Yes. And I think others will have done a better job. But from listening to all the scholars, I think people tend to have a specific area of expertise within Lewis they focus on. We will never have that. (laughs) But to have a broader, so rather than the depth, the breadth of capturing all of Lewis's works together and having worked through it so slowly and very intentionally, will be interesting to see if we can just phrase it in a way that others haven't phrased it Mm. or framed it might be the better thing I'm thinking of. Well, earlier this week, I had a really boring meeting. So while that was going on, I laid out the next 15 odd seasons of this podcast, listing the books in the order that I thought that we should tackle them. So we have a lot ahead of us. I saw that list, loved it, laughed, asked myself, where is the weight of glory fitting in there? I have some different thoughts about how we might start tackling the essays. I thought that once we've maybe finished the Chronicles of Narnia, we might tackle one or two essays per season instead. And by that you mean, is the weight of glory considered an essay? Yes, well, it's a sermon. And the book, The Weight of Glory and God in the Dock, they're basically collections of essays. Funny, I always just thought of it as a book, Mm. but you're right. Uh, Something else that happened this past week, a friend of the show, Kate Anderson, she had a Christmas party at her house, and so I finally got to see her library, which was very impressive. Uh, But while I was there, I took the opportunity to make it even better by fixing the ordering of her Narnia books, from chronological ordering, now in publication order. (laughs) Was her chronological intentional, or was that accidental? Yeah, she and I have crossed swords on this a few times. (laughs) After I reset it, I waited until we'd left the party, and I was driving home, and I got Marie to hit send on my phone to send her a picture of her Narnia books. (laughs) Have you sent her the episode on with Louis Marcos, where he defends your position? She's resistant. It's okay. It's okay. This is why we're friends. We get to improve one another. (laughs) Dyads. Yes, maybe. Quite possibly. Yeah. Speaking of dyads, have you seen Star Wars yet? I have. I saw it on Thursday night. Oh, you did too? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So I I thought of you when I saw it. Yes. So we're not going to offer spoilers since it's only just come out. But yes, there is a reference to a dyad. I actually thought they should have expanded on that more. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But it was at least referenced. Yep. Uh, I mentioned that I got this Coke and all of these goodies from a a Theology on Tap talk that I did. Uh, It was actually in Imperial Valley. And so I I told them when I opened it up, I said, as I was driving here after seeing Star Wars the night before, as I was driving into Imperial Valley, I was going, dun, 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 dun. (laughs) You would. Yeah, way my mind works. But I asked people to, you know, thumbs up, thumbs down, or thumbs in the middle as to what they thought, because quite a lot of people there had already seen it. And there were way more thumbs up than I expected. Oh, I did. So I read the reviews ahead of time, and it was quite polarizing. Mm-hmm. I'm not a Star Wars fanatic. I came to the series late, saw the last, the first three, and only in the last few years. But this one was one of my favorites. I thought it was, it was some of the other ones... People are going to hate me, but I just thought the plot was somewhat hard to follow. Like, I don't really know a ton of what's going on here. And this one was clear, clean. You could come to it even if you weren't a previous viewer and just enjoy it. I liked how it tied back to a lot of old references. I appreciated it. It was great in my mind. I will describe it as the offering to Ungit. In some ways, the best, and in many ways, the worst. Uh, I'm going to leave it at that. I'll let people make up their own minds. That's fair. It's fair. Well, can we reflect on 2019 now? Well, before that, I was actually going to ask you what you're doing for Christmas. Oh, 
Yeah, I love Christmas. My Christmas Eve is is fantastic. We go to one of my grandparents and we start with mass and we all get together and it's there's a nostalgia feel to it. Obviously, I'm an adult now and I don't believe in Santa, but we still have some grandkids. I should have probably said spoiler if you listen to our podcast with your kids. Turn that off. <laughs> I hope. But anyway, setting that aside. We do wonderful stuff to make it real, and I love that. I like creating imagination and fantasy in the minds of children, and I hope my kids believe until people think they're insane. And so we, we go Santa hunting, and a few of us go in the car. We use a red laser light when we're coming back in the driveway. We fool the youngest ones, and they all get excited, and I get into it. I'm like, oh, hey, look over there. Did you see it? It was Rudolph. And they grant oh, I saw him. I saw him. <laughs> and so it's just really fun time. You come back and the people that stayed at the house were allegedly in the basement and didn't hear Santa come and the packages are scattered throughout the house, the gifts are. <laughs> it's just a very good or a very wonderful and beautifully done ordeal. And I like the joy of that. I, as a child for 10 years, just would come back home after the drive looking for Santa and be like, oh my goodness, <laughs> and was so excited. That was the oldest grandson. So for years, it was just me and my sister. We had a great time. I think we finally discovered the source of your excitement. Santa. <laughs> Even my parents, they would, this was with the grandparents, and my parents the next day would take it very seriously and write a letter, and they use one of those pens where it vibrates, so it mm-hmm. messed up your handwriting in a good way, and cookies half eaten, milk half drank in, gate to the <laughs> fireplace open. And even in the letter said, sorry, I couldn't finish the milk. Had lots of cookies I've been eating lately. Just things like that. It's beautiful, man. <laughs> it is. So, uh, yeah, that. And then obviously the other grandparents, too. We do a fun thing with like 55 people, probably. I'm the youngest grandchild there. It's the opposite. Mm. So the other grandkids all have many kids. And in fact, some of their kids are almost as old as me. <laughs> what about you? I'm going to be spending my Christmas and the first day of the new year in Wisconsin with uh, Marie, her brother, and his family. Hey, that'll be fun. Yeah, it's going to be cold. Wisconsin, you're going to be going to the Midwest. You guys going to a Packers game? I have no idea what we're doing, but I was promised meat. Meat? You should have been promised cheese. Well, that that too, but I gave up meat for Advent, so I'm really looking forward to meat. (laughs) That'd be tough. Well done, David. Thank you. (laughs) <laughs> I just ate great chicken breast and right before this showed you it on video. Yep. <sighs> what doesn't kill me makes me holier. Anyway, you wanted to talk about 2019. Yeah, I thought this isn't this is beginning of the new year. And you know, what a wonderful time to reminisce on a beautiful 2019 and just show our gratitude to the listeners. We've had an incredible 2019. Season two, half of season three. Well, not quite half of season three, but I mean we've We've gone through a lot. We've learned a lot. We've grown a lot. We have a new logo. We have a new logo website. I mean, we've expanded. Again, listeners, this is a good time to plug to listeners. Please go to pintwithjack.com and sign up for the newsletter. There are thousands of you that still have not done that. (laughs) (laughs) Needless to say, I'm amazed at the lack of crossover between different platforms. That's just a side little tangent, but I mean, our YouTube is new in its infancy, but we have, I don't know, 10, 20 times as many people on the podcast as we do on the YouTube channel. But uh, so there's a lot of you that still need to go and do your divine works of mercy. <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that. You're saying <laughs> listening to us is a divine work of mercy. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Suffer. Actually, while we're talking about downloads, we have just passed 100,000 downloads since we began this podcast. No. Which is amazing. I've been tracking this for the last couple of months because I realized a while back we'd probably be passing this threshold around the new year. And I'm really pleased to say that we crossed it before the end of 2019. Wow. I'm now glad I opened one of these bottles of wine. (laughs) Now you're glad. I think you were glad before. That's amazing. I mean, listeners... Seriously, thank you so much. So much of that, too, is due to the fact of people binging. Like, we actually get, I think, we've had this for some weeks. I don't know how consistent it is. I don't ask David to keep me updated, but every month he sometimes lets me know. We will sometimes have much more downloads than subscribers in a specific week. And in great part because someone comes and hears a podcast and listens to four other ones in the same week. 
or binges it. And that's a really beautiful thing. And it's humbling, actually. And so seriously, thank you guys so much for that. I also just love when it was, what, three or four weeks ago that I called on the Blitzkrieg for reviews and ratings. I love that we had a, a nice little influx of that. And just really appreciative that people listen to that call to action. That, that's, it's not to boost our egos in any way, shape, or form. It really helps to spread the message. It is a little bit. Uh, and we'll actually read out some of those reviews a little bit later, I think. But again, if you guys can continue doing that, that really helps us. David and I want to take this ministry to whole other levels. We have visions for this over the next few years that we're really excited for. The more people we reach, the better we can do this. The momentum builds off momentum. And so thank you guys for that. And it's looking like... You know what? I'm going to cut you off here, David. We should do a giveaway. Matt will fund this, sponsor this. But we should encourage over the next few weeks, let's say this is going out in New Year's, two weeks after New Year's. I got to put a little cut off here so I don't get too much and we do it. But if people leave us ratings, they've got, I mean, reviews, they got to go do reviews on whatever the different platforms are. So David, you're going to have to give me the pod bean stitcher stuff. I'll send to a multiple of them. Actually, I'll just select randomly some of them to send pints glasses or whiskey glasses, one or two. I might do two because you got to have a set Uh, (laughs) and they're not that expensive. And so if you do that, here's what I'll say. Leave it and then send us an email and say, I left this. Here's my address. And I'll probably pick a number of them. So I can't guarantee you're going to get one. I don't know how many people will do this, but if even if it's five or six or 10 or 15, I mean, I'll send a few. So please do that. That's, That's the giveaway here for around the holidays. We'll stop when Matt's broke. Yeah. Uh, we've actually had a, a few messages and pictures up on Instagram of people taking pictures of the glasses that you sent them already. I love doing that. One of my favorites was, I think her name's Eliza Fuse. She was part of Grace's Inklings Evenings, and uh, you sent them some glasses. And she said, a C.S. Lewis podcast mentions till we have faces another inkling group, much ado about nothing, Taylor Swift, and I get a free pint glass. I'm smitten. <laughs> I almost wanted to send her more because she validated my Taylor Swift. <laughs> oh, but I love doing that. And I love when Grace sent the email requesting, saying, hey, we're doing the Inklings thing. She's like, were you serious about that? Yes, <laughs> listeners, I don't throw these things out willy-nilly. Now, I'm thankful 50 of you guys didn't follow through on that. <laughs> Come on, listeners, I believe in you. <laughs> it was a risk I was willing to take. I would have had a cap it at some point, but... Uh, I, I love that. And I was like, yeah, I was so excited to do that. So go re- rate, review us, and send us an email on our website. We have a contact form there. And there will most likely be more giveaways coming up, but through our Patreon, because it's now looking almost certain that we're going to kick off our Patreon sometime in January, where if you give us a small amount of money each month, we will send you some other lovely gifts. This money is being used to pay Nick, our sound editor, so I don't spend most of my life editing Matt's uh, stutters or coughs or (laughs) all of his other lovely verbal tics that he has. I love that the YouTube channel vindicates me that there's not many of those. (laughs) You can no longer falsely throw me under the bus. Falsely. Oh, okay. Okay. (laughs) I guess I never actually listen to the raw ones back, so maybe I do more than I think. (laughs) And you do make me sound good. Well, now Nick makes us look good. Yeah. I don't believe I do ums, ahs, likes too much anymore. And my job... No, you, you don't. I, I had to actually go through a training with that because we present to clients and I'm in the hedge fund space. And so you're convincing people to give you seven-figure investments. And so at the last place I was at, they did some recordings of me. And I used to say, you know, yeah. a lot. And those things, when someone investing in you half the time they're in a, your intelligence and just ums and ahs and likes don't make you sound intelligent i'm sorry and so it's really hard to get people to give you money so they beat it out of me <laughs> so you tell us about some of your christmas traditions what about new year's traditions did you have any new year's traditions in the bush family no no seriously we we as a family we never did much for new year's because most of the time, up until high school, you're, we were not allowed to stay up until New Year to midnight. 
Then in high school, I was a nerd. So I didn't, again, stay up till midnight. And I didn't have a lot of friends. And then college, it's with friends. So it wasn't family traditions. And then post-college, it's always been friends. I come back to Michigan because I'm here. And, and actually, that's not quite true. Sometimes I'm back, I was back in San Diego. So I just never, no traditions. I'm just always with different friends wherever I'm at. Well, when I was growing up, we used to visit some of my dad's family in Yorkshire. My Auntie Liz and Uncle Den, short for Dennis. And we had had to say, what a name. Yes. And we'd head up there a few days before New Year's, and I'd get to play with my cousins, and we'd play board games like Trivial Pursuit, and I would just get spoiled by my aunt and uncle. And I would get to watch Top Gun on their surround sound TV, which was amazing. Ooh. And actually, when I got to go back there as an adult, I discovered the joys of my Aunt Liz's coffee. Hmm. Because she would have coffee even late at night because she poured vast amounts of Tia Maria or Baileys into it. So whenever Aunt Liz offered you a cup of coffee, didn't matter whether it was day or night, you always said yes, because it was going to be delicious because it was mostly, <laughs> mostly full of alcohol with just like a little bit of coffee on the top. <laughs> Hopefully at night that was decaf. No, it doesn't. We just have to just pour enough Tia Maria and it, it'll eventually counteract it. <laughs> yeah, the depressant with the stimulant. Exactly. You just let them fight it out yeah. inside your body. <laughs> oh, I love it. That's great. But then actually on New Year's Eve itself, we would stay up to midnight. We could always stay up, I think, after about the age of seven. If we could stay up, we could stay up. Wow. And uh, since I was the youngest and the darkest of the family, I was the first footer. So it's uh, a little bit of pagan superstition. So the first person to cross the threshold of the house brings in good luck to the year. And so I would leave the house just before midnight, wait a couple of minutes, and then knock on the door, and then they'd open it up, and I'd wish everyone Happy New Year, and everybody would give me money. <laughs> As traditions go, I was kind of a fan of this one. Did it come true? Do you feel like you were the most blessed in the family? Well, I usually got at least five quid out of it, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Now, we can't really talk about New Year's without talking about New Year's resolutions. Do you have any for 2020? Yes, but no, is the short answer. For me, I, I, I'm just one of those people that type A. I've always got shoot for the moon, land in the stars. I'm always trying to get closer and closer to my target. And so there's about five to 10 things in my life I'm always trying to optimize. And New Year's is just a chance to maybe add another spark to it, mm -hmm. a reset. But honestly, most of the time I'm doing it. So there's the diet exercise stuff. I mean, I always want to cut carbs a little bit more, cut sugars a little bit more, but there's always more you can do. And same with exercise, take it to another level. And I have that in mind. Spiritually, I mean, I try to do like daily mass, daily rosary, adoration, silence and solitude, and I probably do it 75% of the time. So then my goal is to get it to 80, then 85, then 90. I'd say with media, that's another big one. I mean, I still come home at the end of the day and. I cook and I'll play the guitar a little bit, but then, you know, you'll watch YouTube videos for 30, 45 minutes and I get done and I think I just wasted my life. <laughs> and so there's, there's, there's an optimization there where if you think about it, 30, 45 minutes, 60 minutes, if you were to do that every single day, that's a lot of wasted life. And I'm not watching educational videos. <laughs> so you should watch the Pints with Jack videos. That way you'll be contributing to our statistics and becoming wiser at the same time. <laughs> well, that would be a good use. And so I try to optimize those things. I'm really, really, probably that's my number one focus is cutting digital distraction to the point where I'm so close. I already have it set between 8 a.m. and like 6 p.m. YouTube doesn't work on my computer. I have this Freedom app that just automatically times every single day. I can't use certain things. I just set this like this past week. I'm close to the point of wanting to just get rid of YouTube completely, but the issue is I use guitar tutorials on it, and I also have to upload our Pints with Jack videos. So I'm like, I can't fully get rid of this. So those are all that all that was to say. That was a long-winded answer of those are all things I'm trying to optimize in my life that I fall short like everyone else does. How about you? Well, getting back into shape is definitely one of the items on my list. I was doing reasonably well towards the end of the year, and then I had a whole bunch of speaking engagements and traveling out of state and that just completely ruined my routines so i've also created a little bit of motivation for myself 
at New Year's, I signed up for a Spartan race. So that'll be happening around my birthday in April. I've got four months to get back into shape. Otherwise, I'm just going to die on this, on this <laughs> obstacle course. Well done, David. You're doing this with Marie? No, no. I'm only inflicting the suffering upon myself. <laughs> I wasn't sure because I've learned to this podcast these cute little things you guys do together from reading chapter of two we have faces after mass on Thursday mornings with coffee too many other things I've already forgot but I thought oh this is cute they're not going to do a Spartan race together we'll, we'll go running together but I'm not going to take her somewhere where she can get electrocuted <laughs> and pay yeah. to get electrocuted yeah. yeah that's wise yeah not that crazy but one cute thing which we are doing together is we're going to be reading the Bible in a year. The Augustine Institute last year came out with a, a Bible in a year book. So it's the complete set of biblical texts, but divided up over day one, day two, day three, with a selection from the Old and New Testament each day. Whoa. So we're going to be doing that. I'm impressed. I've been trying to tell myself I need to read scripture more because I've been listening to a lot of Pints with Aquinas, mm-hmm. and Aquinas talked about that. I mean, this isn't anything new. I shouldn't be saying this. It should be go without being said, but Scripture, obviously, should just be the priority, the number one thing. I just sometimes find people interpreting Scripture so interesting, <laughs> and I like that side, but you got to go to the primary text. I mean, those mm-hmm. are the words of Christ himself, and I need to do a better job with that. Maybe that should be my New Year's resolution. Well, if— I Like a, a very specific one. Well, if you go to the Augustine Institute, you can buy one of these books and you get another one free to give to another friend. So you will basically get another accountability partner. <laughs> Sorry, by that I just meant daily reading of scripture. Okay. I will not do the Bible in a year. Okay. Remain a sinner. My problem my problem with that no, I, I think that's a great thing to do. My um actually my grandma gave us that exact one last Christmas. Uh, a Bible in a year to everyone in the family. So my mom's doing it. My brother-in-law and her did it this past year. So they should be finishing in a week. But my issue is my type A personality. I would lose the beauty of the reading because I would just be trying to finish it. <laughs> and it, that's just my personal issue. And so I, I like to do like, I try to do Lectio Divina style more. Mm-hmm. Well, I've got a couple of other goals that I'm setting for myself Several years ago now, I actually wrote the manuscript for a book on how to lead Bible study groups. <laughs> and the manuscript has just been sitting there and it needs some editing. So I'm going to really try and get that done this year because it just needs to get done. Even if I just self-publish it, I just want it done. Nice work. I was going to say, that's my 2022 resolution. To write a book? Uh-huh. Uh, this will not be the title, but this, is, this works for describing this. I've told you this already. The Sacramental Life. Because of Lewis and his inspiration of talking about the divine life, particularly how that's influenced my relationship with the sacraments, I want to write about that, the beauty of them, the teaching of them, the theology of them. But then also I want that to only be like the first part of it. What does a sacramental life, a sacramental worldview look like? How do you look at other people? How do you look at creation? That's all very sacramental. And so I want to expand on that idea. And so that's... Uh, but I also have to respect where I'm at in life. And I've got too many between pints with Jack being, it's not a startup anymore, but being something like that, I do this nonprofit. That's a startup. My business is kind of a startup. I'm like, all right, I can't write a book right now. <laughs> yeah. But I think 2022, all of these puzzles should be a lot more established. Therefore I can write a book. Well, one of my other goals is to build a new web app or a new website. Cause out of the different groups that I help run or manage, things like our CS Lewis Book Club, our Inklings Evenings. I have so many people who are no longer on Facebook. So Facebook isn't a good way to let people know about events. And I've played with some of the different event websites, and I don't really like them. So I kind of want to build my own, and what it'll do is you get to choose how it reminds you about the events, not only emails, but sending you text messages. I win. I've never had Facebook. And people always told me, you're going to help me win this, David. Always <laughs> told me. Because I, I just can't handle social media. My willpower comes with just not putting myself in positions. I'd be addicted to it. There's no doubt. And so all that's to say, Facebook, they always said, but you need it for the events. How, how do you hear about things? I said, well, I miss out on a few. <laughs> but my f- closest friends tell me about them. 
but this will let me get now the thing that Facebook used to provide without having Facebook. I held out. Yes, because it causes stress for those of us who are actually organizing these events to make sure that all of those different freaks who don't have Facebook find out about (laughs) stuff. Yeah, I have some friends that are conscious of that and others that just don't invite me then. Yeah. Like your loss, Matt. Mm. Well, that's one of the projects I'm going to be working on this year. I'm going to try and have a prototype up very quickly. Don't let that cut into Pints with Jack time. Well, we now have somebody else doing the editing. So other than this episode, I have now all of this free time. That's true. Although you're kind of becoming my pseudo blog editor. True. (laughs) (laughs) But that doesn't take too long. Well, that's good because Matt sucks at writing. But I love writing. I just like free flow colloquial writing. David likes well-edited writing. It's a good combo. (laughs) Well, one of the other things we've had in the website is the merch. And we've had people buying the Pints with Jack t-shirts. Actually, at my Theology on Tap, I gave away a Pints with Jack t-shirt. It was quite a special moment. How are they? I haven't ordered one yet. Oh, they're beautiful. That's what I should get. Oh, a couple family members. There we go. Okay. Oh, that's all I'm buying, people. <laughs> hey, if, if you're a friend of mine, you're getting a Pints with Jack t-shirt. Congratulations. <laughs> is it good quality? Yes, it's lovely. Okay. And the print's really good as well. Do you like the smaller ones or the bigger ones? I think probably the smaller. Yeah. Just a little bit more subtle. Mm-hmm. I'm a subtle guy. But the big ones are great. And we actually had a lovely picture from Brian from Talking Beasts. Uh, he sent us in. I'm not sure what it was, but while he was wearing our Pints with Jack t-shirt, he just looked, you know, stronger and smarter and better looking. Now, for legal reasons, I can't categorically say it was because of the (laughs) t-shirt, but it does seem awfully coincidental. So how about we round off this longer chatty episode with some listener shout outs? Because we've had some really nice messages and some really great reviews recently. Yes. And I like to interject this. You guys have heard me say this a thousand times, but David and I love them. We want to have an open door policy. Don't ever think to yourself, should I send them this? Am I going to be too much of a nuisance to David and Matt? Should I ask them questions? We respond to them all. Usually in three or four or five days, I'd say. Usually quicker than that, but at the latest. I took my, the, the email app off my phone, so I have to go manually through a browser and check it now. So I'm a bit delayed, but it really fills us up. We love it. That is what gives us the energy to do this, and it means the world to us. Honestly, in some of my darker moments in 2019, genuinely, David didn't know this, but then he'd send me a, a comment from a listener, or he would screenshot it. I'm just like, you know what? This thing that's bringing me down is just not worth it, because people are coming to Christ more and more. People are exploring truth, going deeper, wrestling with it, and that is the greatest gift ever. And so please send us stuff. And when I say that, if you're listening, like, oh, how do we do that? You just go to our website. We have a contact form on the bottom. You put your first name in, your email address, and type up as long as you want message to us. We get it. And then typically, then we just respond directly to your email. And you get, well, first of all, you get our emails and we go back and forth. And you can also send us messages on social media. Oh, yes. Instagram and Twitter. We are both at Pints with Jack. And it was actually a Twitter shout out that I first wanted to read. This was from, I think it's pronounced Lena Maslow. She and I have gone back and forth a couple of times. She's an illustrator and she's got a book about Lewis for children that's going to be coming out this coming year. So one way or another, I'm going to get her on the show. But she wrote, to all my C.S. Lewis fans, Pints with Jack has a new season talking about C.S. Lewis's Till We Have Faces. I have to admit, I read Till We Have Faces once and it wasn't my favorite. But it's actually been interesting so far, listening to Pints with Jack go through the chapters and discuss them. Check them out. First of all, I relate with her. Till We Have Faces was not my favorite. I shouldn't say this as we're mid-season. Still not my favorite. (laughs) But I am enjoying this. And honestly, I walk away from this even not being one of my favorite Lewis works. If it wasn't for Till We Have Faces, longing would not have come together. I mean, my entire use of the word longing is only because of Till We Have Faces. I was not talking about this pre-Till We Have Faces. And so this book might actually revolutionize my spiritual journey and my theological framework that I communicate with people and then adopt in my own life. And so I am internally grateful for this book, even though yeah, I'm not a big mythology kind of guy. And so this story, it's not how I would have did it. <laughs> but I'm glad Lewis did do it. <laughs> Well, with Marie, it was actually quite the opposite. So I mentioned before that on Thursdays, we go to church before work. We then get a coffee and I've 
recently taken to reading her another chapter of Till We Have Faces. And uh, <laughs> this past week, so we finish up having coffee around 8 o'clock and both go to work. At 8.18, I get a message, all in capitals, I need to know what happens to Psyche. <laughs> this is how you know she's the one. She had tried to take the book from me. I went, no, 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 no. We're going through this together as a couple. And so when she sends me that message, I reply, oh, I take it back. You are amazing at patience. <laughs> and her reply was, sass me one more time. I am not patient. <laughs> and I said, what you are feeling right now is not anger. It's theosis. Oh, my goodness, David. <laughs> I love that. But Marie is absolutely hooked. She's still not quite sure if she likes it, but she's absolutely got sucked into the story. And she's not sure if she likes it because there are lots of mean characters and lots of horrible things are happening. But I, I, I think she might change her mind soon. I mean, after this last section, I could see how you'd be really hooked right now. What happens to Psyche? Where does it go? I will say this. We're getting into the good stuff. Not that this past part wasn't the good stuff. So for probably a, an enthusiast like yourself, it's probably all been fantastic. But I, I love when we can get into good theological points on every episode. For example, I think it was the second one we talked about on here. I was kind of like, I don't really have a lot of takeaways here. I was struggling. <laughs> but now we're getting into the meat. That last one we recorded with longing was incredible. I mean, there was so much truth in that. <laughs> Even if you say so yourself. <laughs> yeah. Now, I don't mean what we did was incredible. I mean, what Lewis communicated was incredible. Ah, okay. And then I know what's coming up. So we're getting into the good stuff. <laughs> Well, I also want to give a shout out to Darren Scott Jacobs, if you recall. He's the guy that sent us a first edition of The Great Divorce. And he put out a couple of messages on Facebook, letting people know that we were starting a new season and invited them to join him in reading Till We Have Faces. That for me is the real gold. When one listener goes to other people that they know and say, hey, I'm reading this book, come read it with me. Yes. And again, remember, if you guys, I should extend the offer. The me giving pint glasses for the Inklings thing. If people get together and read this book every two, or like let's say you meet every two weeks or three weeks with your friends or even weekly, and you do this book in person, I should send some glasses to those people. You have to send us a picture of you doing it, though. Yes. That's all I'm going to say. We need, some, we need some proof. Yes. <laughs> I do trust, though. We didn't have people abusing the last shout out I did for that. I trust people who do it. So I'm very trustworthy. I just want to see their beautiful faces looking all happy as they're reading a book along with us. Yeah. But anyways, that would be pretty cool if people have been going through this in person with friendship. I like to build community. Mm -hmm. And speaking of reading, there's a guy, Aaron. He bought a copy of The Screwtape Letters after hearing my two-part interview on The Catholic Man Show, which made me really, really happy. We had covered enough to, to whet his appetite to go read more. Oh, and the picture that he put in his post, that's a cool cover to The Screwtape Letters. I need to buy that. Mm-hmm. Uh, for listeners, it's the one with an old-fashioned quill, but it's demon red. Oh, that is so beautiful. <laughs> We've also had some great back and forth with Brian McGreevy. He's a vicar at St. Philip's Church in Charleston, South Carolina. He was at the conference that we were at. We didn't manage to connect, which was really sad. But I did, actually did want to give a shout-out to his podcast, because he's actually now done two. One general one about the life and thought of C.S. Lewis and also, he's currently going through the Screwtape Letters with a group from his church. That's fantastic. Yeah. If you want to find the podcast, just search for Brian McGreevy or St. Philip's Church, Charleston, South Carolina. I'll include a couple of links in the show notes. Yeah, you keep talking. I want to look that up right now. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, Cody Quambeck, he and I had a really great exchange on the Pints for Jack Facebook page. Please go and like it. And we were discussing King Trom's comment if you remember, he insulted the fox by saying, uh, you're all peddlers and hucksters in the Greeklands. And he suggested that this was driven by an inferiority complex, that he knew the fox was much smarter than he was, so he's just trying to put him down. Did you guys get to a conclusion? Uh, we, we just had a bit of a back and forth. Mm, I'm reading it right now. Now, Cody's right. Wow. Okay, fine. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Believe I him. to say that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I haven't read it. <laughs> but there'll be much more of this sort of back and forth once we've got Patreon up and running and as part of that, our Slack channel. So listeners can come into Slack after each episode and tell us their thoughts. I can't wait for that. It, this has been a test of my patience. The past, I thought we were going to launch this right with season three and then David was like, oh, January, February. I'm like, huh? <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
Like Marie, Matt is not good at patience. No. Oh, this was a great message that I got the other day. It was just this past week. Uh, It was by an artist, a guy called Nick Mims. He sent us a message on our Instagram of a picture that he drew of the tousle-headed poet from The Great Divorce. He said in his message that he worked on it while he was listening to our podcast, which is just wonderful. I've always wanted to be somebody's muse. My friend Douglas... Uh, If you look at our videos on YouTube, I put up the audio of the podcast and I have a a consistent image for each season and then I list out the title. And the image for this season is the picture of Matt and myself with Douglas Gresham. And the title of that particular episode was The Goddess, The Healer and The Accursed. And my friend Doug drew arrows from each of those titles, The Goddess, The Healer, and The Accursed, to each of us in the picture, which made Matt the goddess, Douglas Gresham the healer, and that made me the accursed. (laughs) So thanks for that, Doug. Much appreciated. (laughs) Yeah, thanks, Doug, for the huge ego boost. (laughs) I appreciated it. I really like this next one. So we got, this is a direct message, right, to the website? Yeah. Yeah, so we got a, a message from a listener named Michelle, and she said, I just recently joined your Pints with Jack podcast when I heard about it on either Pints with Aquinas or Trent Horn's Council of Trent podcast, which, first of all, what great company to be thrown in. <laughs> I listened to both of those, so if listeners want, it's nice to give them shout outs. They're wonderful people. Pints with Aquinas does what we do, except a lot better. <laughs> David, you're wonderful, but <laughs> they go into the deep works of Aquinas. Council of Trent, what I love about him is he's getting into the cultural things and he's releasing quite frequently with current events. So that's great. But then she said, I understand you're about to start till we have faces. I bought the book, but I was wondering if it is a good book to start with, considering I've never read any of C.S. Lewis. I look forward to going back and reading Mere Christianity and following along with the podcast. And so we told her. I would probably not start with Do We Have Faces. It's polarizing. Maybe you, you also fall in love with Lewis, but you could also hate Lewis, and that downside risk is just not worth it. Mm-hmm. Hedge my bets here. The risk-reward is a bad investment. So we told her to start with some more classic books that we knew would capture her into the love of Lewis, and then you can try Till We Have Faces. And if you like it, wonderful. If you don't, you already love Lewis, so it's okay. Yeah, we suggested Mere Christianity, The Great Divorce, and also The Chronicles of Narnia. This next one I loved because this was a listener from Grand Rapids. No, Michigan. She's from Detroit. But I'm in Grand Rapids, and she gets here sometimes. But she said, Hi, David and Matt. I've just finished season one and wanted to write a quick note to say how much I appreciate all that you're doing at Pints with Jack. It's wonderful to be going through Lewis's work with two good friends who genuinely enjoy talking about the big questions and concepts all Christians need to explore in their faith journey. I pray that anyone struggling with Lewis and Christianity finds your podcast in order to feel less alone in the struggle. That was such a beautiful note. Thank you for that, Lindsay. So I do hope she said she comes to Grand Rapids that she does love meeting listeners. I don't get to Detroit frequently, but I have a good friend there. So maybe once or twice a year, I will get there. It's about a two-hour drive for me. It's kind of like if you went to LA. Well, I actually went to Imperial Valley. It's about the same distance. I went there and back in one night. So... I'm just going to say sack up, man. (laughs) Yeah, sack up and go support a listener. (laughs) And we also had a message from Tom Covington. And he's one of these folks that's going back and catching up on our podcast. And he sent us a a lovely message saying that he had been away with work and now he's catching up. So he's no doubt listening to far too much of us each day. Which just sounds exhausting. I can only deal with Matt for an hour. I couldn't... Couldn't add more to that. I was so appreciative that he said great blog posts. Yes, yes, he really liked your new stuff. That one was, you, you finished something and you felt like there was some good message there. But that one just came together. I was on the airplane ride the day of. David obviously recognized that when he had to edit it and realized it was not well edited because I wrote that fast. I was just on a plane ride and it's amazing when you actually have no distractions. Mm-hmm. It just came to me. I'm like, this is what I'm going to write about. And that was not what I originally planned. But that's the point of the blog. And so I free rolled it and did another draft before sending it to David. I often find I do my best work on a plane. 
just because there are fewer distractions. Although it's getting harder these days now, more and more of them have not only Wi-Fi, but a bunch of free movies and TV shows that you can watch. <laughs> That's what's great about the fact that Grand Rapids is now becoming an Allegiant hub. I find myself going Allegiant because it's direct to so many places, and they do not have Wi-Fi or TV. <laughs> I almost got a lovely message from Philip Rector. He said, Hello, I want to let you know that there was a Baptist minister who was one of your fans and has been listening to your podcast for a long time. I've read C.S. Lewis for several years, but your discussions have opened a new understanding and appreciation for his works. Thanks, and keep up the good work. P.S. My life dream is to visit England and to travel to Oxford. I think that is an excellent life dream, and if you want, you can go this summer, because there's always a C.S. Lewis Institute each summer, so you'll get to see the kilns and all of the important sites, and listen to some top-class scholars tell you about Lewis. I might be going to Oxford, uh, like, September 1. I'm going to be going to Ireland August 20 to August 30th because Notre Dame's actually playing Navy there. So I'm going with a college roommate, some family, some friends, and we're turning it into a fun international trip. But flying out on a Sunday when you have 60,000 people des- descending and already booking flights was ridiculous. So I, <laughs> I believe I'm just going to go to London for a couple of days mm-hmm. and I can work anywhere. I, I have a pass to WeWorks and so I'll just work at a WeWork in London for a couple of days visit Oxford wonderful and then fly out of London on a Monday or Tuesday so it'll be it'll be a short trip but I'll give you a list of sites to visit you forget that I went there for nine months man yeah I'm pretty sure you did it wrong yeah (laughs) if you give me sites for England I did not explore England much so I mean I know Oxford very well Mm -hmm. but I don't know the countryside of England okay I have some suggestions okay so let's uh let's let's wrap up this episode with a a couple of five-star reviews I'm quickly becoming a huge fan. That's what the title was. I'm not sure how I even found this podcast, but I'm sure glad I did. I'm a huge C.S. Lewis fan, of course, and this is such a clever way of dissecting his work. Not to mention your guy's commentary is spot on. Thank you for your hard work and please keep it up. I need to order one of those Pints with Jack t-shirts. Yes, you do. Mm-hmm. Yes. P.S. I am not a Catholic, but you guys have changed a lot of my preconceived ideas of the Catholic Church. I always want to reiterate this, probably every 10 episodes I throw this in, but we obviously come from the Catholic denomination. We love it. We will never be ashamed of it or shy away from it. We find so much truth and beauty in it. But this is a CS Lewis podcast, so we have listeners from all denominations. Of course, we're going to talk about ours and our own journey, because that's how Lewis is relating to us, but we never want to alienate anyone, and of course, that's where we come from. Okay, go ahead, and let's, uh, let's finish this off with the final one. Oh, you letting me do it. Thanks, David. I'm letting you do it. I'm a giver. Yeah. <laughs> so much affirmation happening right now for me. <laughs> so glad this podcast exists. I just discovered Pints with Jack this week, and I'm so glad, those are capitalized, that this podcast exists. I love the writings of C.S. Lewis, and it's wonderful to hear Matt and David discuss his works. My favorite episodes are the chapter-by-chapter book studies. Please keep doing what you're doing. Lewis has much wisdom to offer our modern world, and you are providing a great service to us by sharing his words and offering your insightful comments. Cheers. Well, thank you, Alexander, James, S, the third. I picture a third after that. (laughs) That name just commands something like that. It does. It sounds dynastic. I don't know if he was referring to he prefers the chapter-by-chapter like we were doing a mere Christian or great divorce and considers this different where we're doing groups of chapters or if he thinks of, or if he just meant like he prefers these more than the after hours. That's what I was guessing. I gotcha. If he was thinking of the former though, we will be getting back to the single chapter with the screw tape letters. I would say because each, maybe I think with that one, there's going to be so much in each of them. And what I, I can't wait for I'm actually, that's probably the number one book I'm excited for. So I love Till We Have Faces, but I'm already living in the future. <laughs> because that's going to be a perfect one for people to share with friends. You can just jump in on an episode, and there's so much wisdom in each of the conversations between Screwtape and Wormwood that you and I will be able to unpack a single chapter for a while. It's going to be interesting. And even if they're only 30 minutes rather than 45, it's like then someone can just send it to his friend or her friend and say, listen to this. There's a bunch of chapters, though. We might be doing the Screwtape letters for a year if we do that. I, I don't know how many there are. I kind of just assumed it was in the 30s. I don't know why I thought I that. I want to say in the 50s. Ooh, okay. 
There's just so much good ones, though. Oh, it's a phenomenal book. Absolutely. Yeah, you know what, though? We did Mere Christianity for pretty much 50 weeks. <laughs> yes. And Lewis's Screwtape Letters was his number one book that shot him to fame and brought him up and put him on Time Magazine. So if we spend equal time on that, I think that's fair. True. Okay, there's, there's 31 chapters. Oh, yes, and we're definitely doing it one-on-one. Okay, there you go. You're going to get your wish. <laughs> Isn't that weird how my brain just remembers things? I haven't read that book in seven years. I'm like, I thought there was like, I remember seeing the 30s. <laughs> okay. Well, next week, we'll be back to more of the chapter-by-chapter chapter style. We're actually going to be discussing two chapters, chapters eight and nine of Till We Have Faces, if you'd like to read ahead in preparation for our discussion. And we have to always say this. Please, guys, go to pineswoodjack.com, subscribe to the newsletter. Until I see the other th- couple thousand of you, a few thousand of you go over that way, I'm going to be disappointed. <laughs> and so I'm going to keep saying that. So the sooner you guys do that, the, the sooner I will stop saying that. Because then you sign up for the newsletter. There's no commitment, guys. This isn't like joining something. It just means every week you will get our... Well, David's laughing. <laughs> come join our cult. <laughs> yeah, come join our cult. But I do that because every week you will get these things right to your inbox. And while podcasts are very convenient, how they get pushed to you, YouTube channels just don't do that very well. And blog posts definitely don't. So please go sign up for that. And I put a lot of work into those blog posts. <laughs> Yeah, please send all of the typos to Matt Bush at... (laughs) (laughs) No, please join us again next week when we're going to be going further up and further in. Cheers. Cheers.